The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're so excited that you've joined us here today. We have been talking a lot about branding and job search in the past few weeks and I thought we'd maybe take a little break from that and talk a bit about entrepreneurship. And we've talked about entrepreneurship before on this show and it, we know it's it's not for everyone and yet there are pieces of entrepreneurship or ways that we might be entrepreneurs that can add value to our current career or provide us with some additional income and and benefit us in other ways. So we've also talked before about the idea of a side gig, something that we do on the side. It's not necessarily even meant to turn into a full-time job, but perhaps it's something that builds a skill set that we want to build or makes a little bit of extra money, maybe gives us a creative outlet or a, a way to do something that we don't get to do on a regular basis. So we're going to talk about entrepreneurship in kind of that global sense of all of the different reasons or different ways that someone might be an entrepreneur, whether or not they quit their day job, if they're thinking about doing something else. And, you know, this is kind of spurred for me, because I saw some posts on LinkedIn, and I, you know, I, I always browse through my LinkedIn newsfeed, and I saw someone being very negative about multi-level marketing schemes. And one, I would encourage you to avoid being overly negative about something that I don't know, kind of benign, I guess on a public forum like LinkedIn. I'm not sure it does you any good there, but it can do you some harm based on what we talked about a few weeks ago in terms of companies using big data systems to aggregate your activity and kind of grade your personality based on your activity. And it also caught me because although I've had my run-ins with salespeople who believe that everyone could be a salesperson. In some ways, we all are salespeople. And in other ways, of course, you need a specific skill set or perhaps a specific drive to be able to succeed in certain types of sales, like network marketing, which is what this gentleman was really talking about. And I'll talk about some of my definitions for those things here in a minute. 
So let's talk a little bit about what we're what we're saying here. When you want to do a side gig or be an entrepreneur, there are a lot of different ways that you can launch into a business. And we talked about these oh, a few years ago now with a gentleman who was a franchise expert. And he talked about all of the different ways that you can go into business. Of course, you can buy a franchise, which is what he helped people do. And you can be an operator of a franchise. It's not you're not creating something from scratch. You're not starting something new. Typically, people who do that aren't necessarily, quote unquote, innovators, but they are people who are good at, at operations, management, making repeatable processes more efficient and effective and making good money. And that's a great way to move into business on your own is buying into some kind of franchise like that. Most of those are fairly expensive. So there's risk and there's reward in that type of opportunity. And if it's the right type of opportunity for you and you have the capital to put down, it can be lucrative. Of course, just like anything, it's going to take work. Then there are the innovators who have an idea, who create a product or perhaps a service, and they build a business based on that idea. Perhaps it gets large, perhaps they create the product and they sell it, right? They're doing something based off of innovation. There's a lot of risk there. It it may be a risk in just that you're never going to have anything. And it may be a risk in terms of there may be some capital that you have to put in. If you're going to make a product, especially you've got to have prototypes and find somebody to buy and distribute your product, etc. When you're thinking about freelancing, of course, a lot of people start a business as a freelancer. And this is something they can do on the side. This is a, you know, a lot of people that I work with who are resume writers or career coaches or executive coaches. This is how they start as freelancers most of the time while they're working in other jobs. Its investment is some kind of training and although you don't necessarily need any training to be a resume writer, executive coach, or career coach, I would highly recommend it because we want to keep the credibility of our field up and you really do need some training and processes to be able to do those types of things. So whether you've gotten it internally or you're going to get it externally, that's probably going to be your investment there. Lots of freelancers and lots of other types of industries, of course, graphic design, writing in other ways, the risk there can be quite minimal if you do it while you're still in your full-time job, and then you can grow it from there. There are businesses that you can go into, and it's similar to buying into a franchise, perhaps, if you become a financial advisor, financial planner, lots of investment there in terms of your time and some money to get your licenses somewhat same as real estate, where you have to study and pass tests to get your licenses. A lot of upside there because, of course, you can have the residual income from something like financial services and selling financial products. And, and you know, it may or may not um, come to fruition. You have to build your business from scratch, similar to other types of businesses. And this is, you know, one of the areas where I've had rubs before. I used to have a financial advisor in one of my 
groups, networking groups who said, anybody can do this. And I understand what he was saying in terms of, yes, anyone, if they really wanted to try hard enough, could do that. However, not everyone wants to do that type of sales, and that's okay. And if you don't want to do that type of sales, there's a lot of other ways you can have a business. This is where my rub is with the gentleman who was being very harsh about multi-level marketing schemes. First of all, multi-level marketing exists in every single business because every single salesperson has a manager who typically makes money based on how much that salesperson sells. That's how businesses work. Even in an engineering company, right? The engineering company makes money off of the engineer who's doing work because they don't pay them, that engineer, the full billable hour that they charge. They take some of the money off the top to pay their managers and executives and operating costs. So when someone's getting all harsh on a multi-level marketing scheme, most of the time I just laugh because all businesses are multi-level. That's what they are. Typically, when someone's talking about a multi-level marketing scheme, what they're really talking about is a network marketing company, which means that people are building their business based on networking. Think Mary Kay, right, where you're marketing and getting people to try your product, and then you're also recruiting people to sell for you. This is no different than a company sales manager recruiting salespeople to sell for them. Right, it's, it's really no different except for that the structure is contract-based instead of employment-based. But a lot of sales jobs are commission-only, so there really isn't that much difference. It's all what you want to do and how you would like to start a business. There are a lot of new product-based, network-based marketing companies that are fun and exciting and how, give you a lot of opportunity to do something that is interesting to you. And they kind of come and go. Sometimes they're trend-based, and there's a huge craze for the scrapbooking, um, the scrapbooking businesses, and people were doing network-based businesses around scrapbooking. And if you love to scrapbook, that was a great opportunity for you, right? You could get all the materials. You could have parties, people do it with cookware and Tupperware and um, adult products. <laughs> there are all different kinds of product-based network marketing companies. And if you like to or want to do more networking or you want an opportunity that is more flexible, they can be a good they can be a good option. I think that's one of the other misconceptions that people have about entrepreneurship in general. And again, sometimes it gets penned to these types of businesses, but really it's with any kind of entrepreneurship, you get to set your own hours and you get to decide how much you make based on how much effort you put in. And one of the other things that this gentleman was saying about these network marketing companies is that they promote you know, full-time pay in part-time hours. And he's right. That's not necessarily the truth. However, a lot of people do make pretty good money in flexible hours. 
they might still work around 40 hours a week, but they get to do it when it works for them. For instance, a lot of moms do this because they can work after the kids go to bed and not have to pay for daycare. And then actually they are making full-time money in part-time hours because they're not having to pay for daycare. And when you subtract that out, it works. Or dads, perhaps, who have stayed at home with their kids. So it's all about figuring out what it is that might be pushing you to do something quote-unquote, entrepreneurial? Is it a skill you want to learn? Is it extra money you want to make? Is it a chance to do something that gets you a group of people around you? Is it a chance to do something that is aligned with a passion, maybe writing or art or whatever that might be? Those are all great opportunities to explore some work that could add to your full-time gig. We're not talking about quitting your day job here. We're just talking about exploring some entrepreneurial opportunities that could add to your portfolio career. And remember, that's one of our big truths in careers today, whether it's serial, meaning one after the other, or consecutive, you're going to have a portfolio of jobs, a portfolio of things that you do because nothing is is forever (laughs) today in work and you can build your own sense of security and stop giving a company the hold on your sense of security by doing some of these things, by adding to your skill sets and by extending your what you do beyond just your day job. And a lot of people do this in a big way, and we'll talk about some of their stories when we get back and what they're doing that's working and and how it's working. And we'll talk through a few different types of businesses that people have taken on, and maybe some of their stories will inspire you that you could step out in a way that works for you and Take control of your own sense of security because we know that no matter how secure we think our job is, if we are employed by another organization, they can decide at any time that they no longer have the money to pay us or need us or that things are moving. So we're going to take a short break and when we come back, we're going to talk through some of these entrepreneur stories so that you might get some inspiration on how you could start creating some diversity in your income stream. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. What can we do to prepare for a career-altering interview or presentation, land an important deal, or simply play a great game of golf? These activities depend on preparation and execution, which grouped together we call performance. Uncover the mysteries of our mind and unlock the secrets of great performance by illuminating the mental side of life. When we better understand why we do the things we do and what keeps us from accomplishing our goals, we elevate our success. Listen for The Mental Game of Life with Dr. Christie, Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about entrepreneurship and maybe the many different faces that entrepreneurship can take on and different ways that people make it work for them. And encouraging you to think about what might work for you before you jump to conclusions about any types of opportunities. And we're going to talk about some success stories of people who have gone into many different types of businesses, business structures, and made it work for them. So the first, and this is the one that I'm most familiar with, are resume writers. And you may think, well, that's, you know, kind of an interesting career or job or a company. How does someone make that work? Most of the time, these people are writers in some sense before they get into this type of career. They might be human resource people, um, but usually they, they like to write and, of course, they like to help others. I'm going to tell you a story about one of my colleagues in particular who I know was working at a full-time job and started building her resume business on the side. And people do this all different types of careers. I actually have a colleague who used to be an attorney who started building the resume business on the side and got out of the practice of law and does this resume writing full time. And other people are human resources, administrative assistants, lots of different types of backgrounds and marketing. So I have a colleague who was in marketing and on the West Coast started writing resumes on the side in the evenings on the weekends and she is a marketing she's really good at marketing so she was writing articles about resume writing sharing them getting good press getting good coverage on using some social media although when she started social media wasn't as big as it is today and she was trickling in and and getting clients as she went. 
and working her day job and actually having kids. She has, I think, six, seven kids. So she was doing all of this at, at the same time. She started to get more clients than she could handle. So she hired a few subcontract writers, which is also another business opportunity for people in the writing space. She did get training and and she got her certification. Then she also started hiring subcontractors. At first, she hired people that already had their certifications. And then she started to hire folks that showed promise and started to train them as well. So now she has a business eight years later, nine years later, that employs 15 different subcontractors, not full-time, but part-time, and then they add to their practice in other ways or their business in other ways. And she, most of her time is still spent marketing, although now she's marketing her own company and doing market research and figuring out what people do when they come to her website. That's one of her favorite things to do. And what I see in her story, somewhat similar to my story, is that when you start out on a business, you may have a vision of what it's going to look like at the end. But when you're building it yourself, and especially if you're building it while you're working full time, you may have to do some of the things that you see others doing for you in the future while you're in building mode or as you're getting started. For instance, I don't think she ever saw herself writing resumes full time. She did that at the beginning and then built the business to where she could hire people to do that and she could do the parts of the business that she really loved. There's always that moment of time in there where you're doing everything and it's a lot of work. And I think no matter what business you go into, it's a lot of work and that's one of the myths perhaps of entrepreneurship, that at some point it's going to be a lot of work. Once you get the system set up and maybe you have something going, it can be less work, but there isn't anybody who just starts out right away making money while they sleep as the old myth goes. That doesn't happen right away. And for most people, it doesn't happen really at all. So pick something that you can see yourself either managing in the future This colleague is definitely a manager type, and that's what she enjoys to do, enjoys doing the marketing and the managing. I have other colleagues who have built businesses, and they're the operators. They're the writers. They're the coaches. They like to actually do the work, and they still do the work and find other ways to build revenue streams through products or classes and then working with them one-on-one is their highest valued service and they can do that and make good money because they have a business engine that's sending that type of business to them. Lots of freelancers work in a similar way. If it's art or a different type of writing, they build their clientele, lots of them while they're still working full time and then gradually grow it as they go. The keys to success in that type of business is knowing why you're different, how you stand out, who your target audience is, 
because none of us have unlimited marketing budgets when we're doing that type of business. And so we have to be fairly clear on who our target audience is so that we can market in the free or low cost ways that we have available, and especially using social media. All of those methods are so much more fruitful if we have our target audience in mind and if we know how we're different and how we add specific value to that target audience. Makes it a lot easier to write content, to market, to share to the right places and groups and audiences and and be able to build a following if we have that clarity. Second story here is an individual who was leaving the armed services and did a little bit of research, knew that obviously in that situation had a pension, a fallback plan, but wanted to do something, wanted the opportunity to build a business and did a little bit of research talked to some people about this industry and decided to move into financial services. Now, I'd say that this person's personality isn't necessarily that outgoing, extroverted type of personality that I would typically associate with a financial salesperson and may have been one of the clients that I would be worried for moving into that kind of space. However, this person did their research, talked to folks, knew what the risks were, knew what the skills were that were required, knew what the job was going to look like on a day-to-day basis, and decided to do it. One of the reasons that he has been successful is because he follows the process. So a lot of the network marketing companies and financial sales in this way kind of fit into that same umbrella. A lot of their success in those types of companies really is following the process. So doing the networking that you need to do, asking the questions that they tell you to ask, getting referrals from people, and just network, 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 meet, meet, meet talk, 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 and follow the scripts in a way, of course, that works for you. And he does that very well. He does it in a non, non, you know, used car salesman kind of way. It works. He's genuine. He wants to help. And he's built a, a nice business fairly quickly because of his discipline, which isn't surprising, of course, coming from the armed services, able to translate that discipline into executing the process versus what we might think, you know, well, you have to be a certain type of person to make that work. He took his strengths and in both communication and relationship building, as well as in discipline and following the process, and turn that into a very nice business for himself, although it may look different and sound different than how other people promote and build a financial services business. So two success stories there. One kind of co-created while working full-time and 
one created after quote unquote retirement, although um, of course our military members often retire much younger than we think of retirement age. And the retirement piece we're going to be talking about more next week. And we have Dr. Rich Feller coming on next week to talk about what's going on with kind of non-retirement and ageless aging as he as he calls it. But I know many, many colleagues who, after their corporate career, go into some kind of, of consulting, um, strategic planning, coaching, whatever it might be. Those people are usually most successful if they build on what was successful during their career. I have a colleague who is a coach, and she mostly coaches first-time managers, supervisors, in the food industry because that's where her career was and she has a specific expertise in that area and people can clearly see her value in that area. Of course, she's amazing with almost any first-line supervisor, manager, or even experienced managers, but that's how she's built her practice is on her specific area of expertise. So if you're thinking about doing something like that in the future, start thinking now about what you're building in terms of your specific area of expertise and how would that translate into value as a consultant for a company or as a coach? How would your, what specific area of expertise would you bring marketing, strategic planning. There's a lot of people out there that do those types of things and you can compete without a problem if you're clear about what your value is and you're clear about who that target audience is. We're going to take a short break and come back and talk about a few other different success stories of people who have gone out on their own. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you're looking for an in-depth, thought-provoking discussion about leadership, tune in to Bernard E. Robinson's The Leadership Forum, Making an Impact Through Effective Leadership. Each program provides an intelligent, conversational experience about leadership from Bernard, his guests, and you. If you're interested in improving the quality of leadership in your organization, listen live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time for the Leadership Forum on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. 
Our guests are business professionals, just like you, who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real, live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is Marie Zimanoff, and today we're talking about entrepreneurship and the different ways that you could succeed being an entrepreneur. We've talked a little bit about freelance job, moving out onto your own, kind of building that while you work and then and making it full time at some point, or some people do it on the nights and weekends forever. Uh, we talked about a financial advisor, transitioning kind of into that type of direct sales type of job, if you will. And I want to talk a little bit about um, buying a franchise. This is, of course, a a big decision. And I've, I have known some people that have been successful and some people who have not been successful in these types of ventures. And knew someone who purchased a beverage franchise and did the research really did everything that, that you could do, talked to other people who had bought the franchise, and it, it just, uh, you know, I'm not sure what happened, but it just didn't work out. Um, I know someone who was an architect and bought a sign franchise, and that's gone really well. You can think of the success points there in terms of already having some knowledge of the industry and a Rolodex full of contacts of people that might be building things that would need signs. And that's been a transition that's been very successful. When you look at buying a franchise, of course, you've got to think about what type of franchise, what will that look like? Is it a shop that people come into like retail? Is it something that you go out and sell like signs? Is it, you know, is it going to align with your interests or is it just that you like to manage Do your research, knowing the, cash flow, the purchase price, do you have the investment on hand? Lots of factors that go into purchasing that purchasing a franchise, but it can be well worth it, of course. We were talking about direct sales or network sales companies, and I have lots of colleagues that do this kind of on top of other businesses because it is something that they like to do. So I have a colleague that makes jewelry and does a jewelry direct sales company and also is involved in another direct sales company. I have people who are involved in weight loss or health product types of direct sales companies that works for them. And then one of my favorite and most um, recent that I've gotten involved with and who's been a 
sponsor and kind of helped out with some of my events as a consultant with Rodan and Fields, which is a skincare company. And of course, since I do career work and part of your brand is whether or not we like it, it's our face and we only get one of them. I am passionate about us taking care of our skin and not getting skin cancer and all of those things. So that's been something that I've been learning more about and learning about the people who are successful in that type of business. And of course, as we talked about earlier, you have Mary Kay, Creative Memories was the scrapbooking one I was talking about earlier. I don't know if that's still around. And direct sales companies do get a bad rap, but they're really not any different than any other type of business that you could go into. You want to understand the investment. Do you have to have inventory on hand? Do you have to purchase a certain amount? Do you have to have parties? Do you want to have parties? Some people do. And thinking about what's going to work for you in that type of business, but it can be a good thing to add on to something else you're already doing because it can be flexible. It's not going to be easy more than any of these other options we're talking about, but it can be flexible. Then, of course, buying an established business, and that is my most recent move, right? A couple of years ago, I bought a career coach and resume writer training business, and you've probably heard me say say it and at the end of the show. Sometimes I give that email, Career Thought Leaders and Resume Writing Academy, and that was an established business that was purchased and somewhat similar to buying a franchise. You have to look into the P&L and the financial statements and understand if it's going to be worth what you're purchasing it for and are you going to be able to turn turn it into what you want it to be and then thinking through no matter what type of business you're going to do, what role do you want to play? Are you going to be the operator or the manager what's your role going to be and how is the business going to be structured? And you think about it on your daily drive, your daily life. You bump into all of these types of businesses on a regular basis. You go to the dry cleaner. That's usually someone who's purchased a franchise. Sometimes it's someone who's built it from the ground up, but usually it's a franchise. If you work with a financial planner or, or, insurance person they may have kind of bought into that franchise of northwest mutual or whatever it is morgan stanley or sometimes they're an employee of a company like that it depends on how the company has it structured if you get your taxes done that may be an independent business owner who started it from scratch it may be someone who bought into a franchise All of these people that you talk with on a daily basis at some point took the plunge to do something different. I know of um, people who make big changes from being an engineer to opening a restaurant and people who make smaller changes, like I was talking about the person that went from architecture to science. It's at least somewhat related. It's all about what skills you want to use and what you want to do when you make that transition. And how are you going to make it fit within your life as you're, as you're getting it together, as you're making the transition? And what are you doing now 
to help build your own career stability because working at a company is not stable. No matter what it is, I was talking to a teacher the other day who said, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily wanting to move into administration, so I'm not working on my career. And I said, well, not everybody wants to move into leadership. However, you go and you do classes, you build your skill set, you have something you could talk about if you got laid off. And even as a teacher, a job that we may consider more stable, you always have the opportunity to be laid off. And what would you do? What would that fallback plan look like? What are you building so that you would have something going? And it's not a it's not meant to be a negative fear-based thing where you're doing something out of fear that you might get laid off. It's doing something to keep yourself going, keep yourself growing, because we know that if we aren't doing those things, we're falling behind. There is no status quo. And how we stay consistent in growing ourselves, growing our skills, doing something that stretches us doesn't necessarily have to be completely external from our current job. Taking those opportunities to continue to grow is how is how we stay status quo even. And a lot of the people around you probably are doing these things. They're doing something to keep their keep their acts sharp, if you will. Taking classes doing an additional side hustle, doing something to expand their reach, expand their skills, expand their lives on a regular basis. And really looking forward to what's, what do you want to be in part of your life and how can you make that happen? And not getting stagnant and not letting things happen to you, but doing what you can to pave your own way to make your own path, which is, of course, my area of passion. And and that's part of why we do this show. If you are going to go into some type of business, the other options that you may have, and I don't necessarily have good examples of these, is joining a company with someone that's offering an equity position. So I know someone who did join a cleaning company when they were young and had the opportunity to purchase that company and and grow it. Those are a little harder to come by, perhaps. Or maybe you're part of a family business and you think you're going to succeed and become the manager leader of that family business that can work as well. But no matter what you're going to do, and even if it's part of a side hustle and it's not necessarily, you're not going to quit your day job. There are a few things that you want to think about. You want to think about finances, legal planning, building the skills that you lack. So all of us, I don't like when people say, well, you know, are you meant to be an entrepreneur or not? No one's meant to be an entrepreneur or not. 
It's what skills do you have and then where are your gaps and how are you going to fill them? And how are you going to, how are you going to proceed in the business? How are you going to make it happen? So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of those key points to think through when you're talking finances, legal, and other people that you will want to have on your team, whether you're starting a side hustle or thinking about leaving your day job. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel, and get Amplified. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we've been talking about entrepreneurship and how to move out on your own or start a side hustle that might help you fill a gap, whatever that might be in your life. Money, passion, fun, networking, whatever it might be, there's an opportunity that you could do to fill it or planning for the future if you might want to do something more entrepreneurial in your future. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, selecting what works, thinking about your skills and your competencies. You might choose something based on 
a passion. You might choose something based on a market opportunity. What is it that's going to drive your entrepreneurial pursuits? A lot of that might depend on why you're moving into entrepreneurship. If you're looking for money, doing something that is based on a market opportunity may be a smart choice. If you are going into any type of business, think about your team. And I would encourage you to build this team early on. Working with an accountant, CPA, financial advisor, maybe a few people um, in that area, bookkeeper, maybe not to start, but sooner sooner rather than later. Working with an accountant who understands entrepreneurship, small business, that's one of probably the ways I've lucked out in my entrepreneurial journey was getting connected to a CPA who has started several businesses, sold businesses, done things that many CPAs have not actually operated a non-accounting firm business, several of them. So who's going to be your financial person? Who's going to help you make those decisions and navigate investment in your business, saving, saving for your retirement, getting the most out of your money on a day-to-day and year-to-year basis. An attorney. When I first started, I met with a business attorney who was just getting started to help me figure out my business licensing. I have I used to have four businesses, now I'm down to three. And so making sure that they were all filed correctly with the state and that I was that I had the names, trade names and all of those things figured out. Some people might also need a patent attorney or someone who helps with copyright issues, other intellectual property issues, what legal needs might you have. I would start with a business attorney. And of course, you can file all the forms to create a business by yourself. But if you find someone and create a, a relationship from the beginning, it can be easier when things get more challenging down the line and you need to bring someone in to help with those types of issues. A business mentor or coach, so someone that you can talk to who has also been through similar issues or coached people who are going through similar issues. A coach is worth worth their money if they are um, if they are a good coach. So do your due diligence up front to ask questions to figure out how that person works and if it's going to be a good fit for you. What are the goals that you would want to get out of coaching? That's probably the most important thing before you talk to someone and ask questions is that you know what you're looking for so that they can help you navigate whether or not it's going to be a good fit and so that you can get the most out of a coaching relationship. But having someone, whether it's informal or formal, who can be your 
sounding board is going to be important because you don't always want to be doing that with your friends and family who are a part of your team and you want to be good in your communications with them, but you don't want them to be your coach. Colleagues. So this is one of the new things that's coming up as we move to more of a contract-based work society that when we are moving into a new arena, we're going to have ample opportunity to connect with other people who do what we do. And I would encourage you to not think of that as a competitive environment, but as a supportive environment. So if you are a freelance web designer there's most likely a meetup of some kind in your local area of other web designers. And that's a place that you should go so that you can connect with people about that type of work so that you can get subcontract work. People aren't thinking about it as competitive. They're thinking about it as collaborative. And that provides you a, a great opportunity to connect with other people who are doing what you're doing and get benefit out of it, mutual benefit out of it for for your business and for your network. And part of those professional relationships may also be professional associations. So looking to see if there are professional associations, local or national, that you might be able to hook into to get resources, to find other colleagues to talk with, to share ideas, to perhaps even buddy coach each other, peer coach. Lots of opportunities through networking groups and professional associations that can give you support, resources, just a great wealth of information. So don't be afraid to reach out. And even if it's a part-time thing and you're still doing your full-time work, go to those networking groups, go to those meetup groups, seek out those professional associations so that you can have an opportunity to connect with those resources. Now, most people, they'll say when you start to do a business, you want to do a business plan. Business plans are great and they're important. And don't get analysis paralysis. If, if you do that to yourself, don't let the business plan become a thing that you don't do anything towards your business because you don't have your business plan finished. Do your research. Know what type of business you're looking at. Know enough to make an end informed decision about where you're going and then don't be afraid to build as you go design as you go depending on what the business is of course some businesses that that won't work but if you're starting off small freelancing doing something on the side just get started and see where it takes you see what types of opportunities come up and what might you'll be learning from that in the future. We are going to have Rich Feller on the show next week to talk about ageless aging and 
one of our, our, our partners for the show, our Rodan and Fields consultant, of course, that's important to our organization as they support some of our events and, and support what we're doing. And so we'll be talking a little bit more about that next week as well. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 